Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you for taking some time out of this crazy world that we live in to spend just a few moments remembering the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The most important act that ever took place on earth is what we remember tonight. In this world that we live in, it's crazy. It's, it, it doesn't even have a, a glimpse of what life used to be even just four weeks ago. And yet here we are, we're, we're pausing in the midst of chaos to remember the sacrifice that was made for you and me. The truth is, is that both you and I have a bill of sin that needed to be paid. And Jesus came to this earth as a sacrifice for us. And tonight we remember that. Tonight we reflect on the last sayings of Jesus on the cross and what, the, what those words mean to us. Tonight you're going to hear some worship. You're going to hear from uh, people from our church who have uh, shared with you the meaning of those sayings to them. And then at the end of the service, we're going to have communion. So if you haven't yet got any sort of elements together, would you go and pull those elements together during this next song? And then would you join with us as a church family, although distanced from each other, collectively coming together digitally, would you join us in communion? Can we pray as we get started? Father, thank you for the opportunity to remember your son. God, I can't even imagine how painstakingly difficult that must have been to see your son suffer on a cross. But when he was suffering on the cross, I know that you had me in mind. You had everyone watching in mind. God, that you did that for us. And we never want to minimize, we never want to miss out on the opportunity to remember the great sacrifice that was made for each and every person. God, we love you. We give this evening to you as we remember. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh. 
my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We can learn three lessons from this phrase. The first one, real love. When Christ stood at Lazarus' grave, he wept. But on the cross, Jesus did not weep. He didn't cry. He bled. And not only did he bleed, but he died. He died for you and for me. He took the punishment that was for us upon him. And that's when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Taking our place, showing us and defining to us the meaning of real love. So the first lesson is real love. Let's go to the second lesson. There are some moments in our lives, there are circumstances in our lives that we can feel like what Jesus was feeling. There was a, with that moment in my life. And surely in this moment, with all the chaos, with all the craziness, with COVID-19 practically knocking at our doorstep, we may feel the same, saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken us? And it's interesting that previously, Jesus would say, Father, Father, when he was relating to God. But in this case, he said, my God, my God, because he was in a really hard situation. So what do we learn here? That Christ has been there. Whatever the situation, Christ has been there. He has been there before us. So when we have these feelings about the situation around us, Christ has been there. When we have anxiety, worries about the future, Christ has been there. The second lesson, Christ has been there. Now the third lesson, there is hope. There is hope for you and for me. Why? Because Christ, Jesus, came through it. He conquered. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me was not the final statement. He came through. So for you and me, there's a lesson there that he will come through it with us. In whatever our situation, he is there with you. Whatever we are living through, he is there with us. forsaken me we could say that the verse ends there but it doesn't I don't want to end there because when Jesus took our place God answers and this is the answer of God in Psalm 94 14 it says for the Lord will not forsake his people he will not abandon his heritage because Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because Jesus took our place. Today, we can say, for the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. God bless you all.
Hi, this is Kevin and Stacy Chelf. We've been asked to share what we feel Luke 23, verse 34, means to us personally. And the verse is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. To me, this verse demonstrates the love of the Father for all broken humanity. Throughout history, God has desired a relationship with us, and in fact wants us to choose to have a relationship. He's never forced that on us. And though it could be argued that those who were crucifying Jesus really didn't understand what they were doing, Jesus still loved them and begged the Father not to hold their actions against them. It's also amazing to me to think that Jesus, while here on the earth, set aside his divinity and lived life fully as a human being, experienced pain and rejection, and yet saw people through the Father's eyes and had compassion on them. In my human experience, I'm not so quick to forgive others, especially those that have hurt me or rejected me. My response would have been more along the lines of, Father, give them what they deserve. And that only goes to show how much I still need Jesus in my heart. The fact that Jesus saw through his pain and anguish and still desires a relationship with broken humanity such as me demonstrates the love of God for everyone. No one is too far gone to experience his love. Yeah, and for me, I think of his friends and his family that were there watching, um, his brothers and his mother especially, and how awful and agonizing that had to be um, to watch. And um, I just think of our family, um, when, we've, when they've been hurt by others before, you know, the mama bear in me just wants to um, stay angry and hold a grudge forever. And I certainly don't want to be, you know, forgiving of people when they hurt me or, or especially my family members. Um, but here Jesus gives the perfect example of forgiveness. And um, it certainly, certainly should inspire me, I guess, to um, keep things in perspective when I feel like I'm being wronged. And... Um, obviously, you know, be more forgiving. He was in the most agonizing place in his whole entire life with all the sin of the world on him. And he was still thinking of love and compassion and mercy and forgiveness of others. And uh, yeah, I can learn a lot from that.
share with you guys one of the last things that Jesus shared uh, as he was being crucified. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 23, verse 43, and we get to hear what Jesus tells the man uh, that is also being crucified with him. And he says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So he's telling this to the man that's being crucified for his criminal acts that he committed uh, while he was still a free man. Most of us come from different backgrounds. Some maybe have grown up in the church, others have not. Uh, but this verse to me personally has a lot of power uh, simply because of who he's addressing, uh, who Jesus is addressing, as well as the meaning behind it. So he's telling, Jesus is telling this man that he's gonna be with him in heaven later that same day. Jesus is telling a sinner that he's gonna be with him later in heaven. Just think about that for a quick second. There's a lot of power in simply believing in Jesus Christ. This man probably never stepped foot in a church anywhere. There's a good chance there was no, no such things as life groups or anything like it. And he wasn't even baptized in the name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. He simply believed in Jesus Christ. And that was all Jesus needed to hear 
be later on in heaven. So just today is a good reminder to look back and, and be reminded of the fact that our past don't matter. If you have sinned in your past, whatever it may have been, that's between you and God, and we should still ask for forgiveness. But even if you don't, if you believe in Jesus Christ, that changes everything. That is how powerful our faith in Jesus Christ is. So today I, I ask that you would just look at that, and if you haven't turned to Jesus Christ just yet, it doesn't matter what your background is. Today is a day that can change your whole entire life. So on Easter Sunday, I hope you're spending it with loved ones. And if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life today, I ask that you would uh, invite him into your heart and ask him to be your Lord and Savior because he's waiting for you. He's knocking at your door today. You're listening to the sermon. And if you are, they're talking to you.
to share briefly from Luke chapter 23 verse 46 where Jesus on the cross says father into your hands I commit my spirit this speaks to me of the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made he came to this earth and lived his life uh, performing miracles raising the dead and and teaching uh, the followers his followers his disciples now they've left him and he's hanging on a cross and bearing the sins of the world bearing my sin your sin and he's ready to now one last thing on this earth to do is to give his life and he speaks to the father into your hands i commit my spirit diane has some thoughts that she wants to share with you as well this passage in this passage jesus is actually quoting from psalms 31 5 when he says, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now this was a common practice with Jesus to quote scripture. And throughout his ministry, he quoted scriptures and he was always seeking the Father's will. Now here at the end, he's on the cross. He's in great agony. He could have called all of those angels to come and get him out of that horrible pain. about this passage the other day when I was walking, I sensed the Lord saying to me, Diane, why? Why would you ever choose fear over faith? Why would you choose fretting and, and, and anxiousness and worry over rest and peace? Why would you ever choose to meditate on anything that would cause you stress? Stress in your mind, in your body, even harm, cause harm to your body and, and your immune system. Why? Even cause pain to your relationships. When you could be meditating on my word and choosing to trust me, and, and, and I could bring joy and peace into your life instead, even help 
So when, when the negatives of life come knocking at my door, this is my plan. I'm going to be too busy to answer that door because I am meditating on God's Word and His plans for my life. I, I want to choose, like Jesus, to let go of power and control and self-sufficiency and completely entrust, commit my entire life to the Father. Good work, Diane. We encourage you to do the same during this Easter season. God bless you. When I think about the relationship between Jesus and Mary, I think that it's such an amazing, powerful, and beautiful portrayal of love. You know, I think about Mary, and I think about this young girl who received such shocking but amazing news that she would give birth to the Savior of the world. Then I fast forward to Mary at the foot of the cross, and I just wonder what was going through her mind. Was she thinking about the first words that Jesus ever spoke as a little boy? Was she remembering his first steps? Was she thinking about the time that she found him teaching in the temple? You know, Mary, she must have lived with, with some tension. Uh, just understanding that her son, Jesus, was not hers to hold on to. She would just have him for a short while. And then she was called to turn him over, to release him, to surrender him back to God. You know, and I think that's exactly what God calls me to do. I think of my boys, and I know that God has given them to me to love them and to care for them and to teach them. But I have to have the same mentality in mind that Mary lived with, that Mary understood that they are mine for just a while, and that I am to give them over to the Lord, to release them to God, because he has a greater purpose in mind for them. And Mary understood that. She understood that Jesus, he came for a greater purpose. And I think of not just having that mentality for my boys, but having that mentality for my very life, that my life is not mine to hold on to, but I must live with surrender in mind, that every day I surrender my life to the Lord. Why? Because he has a greater purpose in mind for my life, for my family. And then I think of Jesus as he was hanging on the cross. He looks down at this woman, at Mary, his mother, this woman who loved him and took care of him, who stood beside him when others mocked him. And one of the very last things that he does, in the midst of all of the chaos that was going on around him, he calls out to John and he says, take care of her. Behold, this is your mother now. And he made sure that Mary would be taken care of, that she would be loved. It was one of the final things that he did. And I just, I think what a beautiful picture of love and that this relationship is just, um, it's just something that teaches us about surrender. It teaches us about love and it teaches us to live with a greater purpose in mind. Thank you.
the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon the cross my sin upon his shoulders ashamed coming to you from Australia, which is not the worst place to be quarantined right now. But uh, I do miss y'all, and I hope I get to see you soon. Thank you, Pastor Ryan, for still including me. As y'all know, we we're talking about the last sayings of Jesus, and one of the very last things he said from the cross as he hung there in dehydration was, I am thirsty. This seems pretty straightforward, but the Apostle John says there's more to it than that. So let's read. Later, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. Now, what John is referring to here is most likely Psalm 69, which was written by King David almost a thousand years before. And David was 
crying out in anguish because of his enemies. And in the psalm, he says that essentially his enemies have given him vinegar to drink. So as Jesus is relating to his ancestor, David, he's revealing himself to be the great son of David that was promised through the scriptures to David and to the nation of Israel. I think it's important to note that when we talk about Jesus fulfilling Old Testament prophecies, it's not merely that he is going down a checklist and checking off things to prove he was the Messiah. The covenant promises were so much richer than that. God had promised King David that one of his ancestors would sit on the throne and rule forever. And this was something that the nation of Israel was looking for, a descendant of David to sit on their throne. It was a messianic promise. And God had also earlier promised Abraham that through his seed, all nations of the world would be blessed. So as we see today, this wasn't just a covenant promise to the nation of Israel, but it would be a blessing for the entire world. So now, today, during the Easter season, as we contemplate Jesus' great sacrifice on the cross for our sins, for the sins of the entire world, and that we, as the church, are waiting for him to come back and rule in power, we see how much greater the fulfillment of these covenant promises were than anybody expected or imagined. Jesus, as the seed of Abraham, the son of David, and the son of God, he not only fulfills these Old Testament covenant promises, but he fully fills them. And I think that that is a much bigger answer to the story than sometimes we get to think about. So I hope that y'all enjoy this Easter season, and I will see you soon. It is finished. The last three words that Jesus spoke before his death the last phrase that was spoken of the seven phrases that we've learned about tonight. It is finished should be distinctive from the phrase, it is over. Because we all know how this story ends, that the reality is, is although it's not over, the completion of the death, the completion of the sacrifice, the debt that was paid for you and me for our sins has been complete. And so tonight, we celebrate this crucifixion. We celebrate the sacrifice. We celebrate our bill of sin that has been paid. And we do this by receiving the elements of communion. And uh, if you're watching with us tonight, I hope that uh, you have taken some time to just prepare some elements, whatever elements that you may have. If you haven't, run and grab something really quick. Grab some juice, grab some crackers, some goldfish, if that's what you got laying around your house. But grab something so that we can remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. If you have your elements, first we begin with the cracker, the bread, if you will. This is a symbol of the flesh that was torn from Jesus' frame. This is a symbol of the sacrifice that he made, the pain that he endured within this crucifixion. And so tonight, as we pray for the bread, we pray for it in remembrance of the pain that he endured. And so will you join me in prayer as we begin to receive these elements tonight. Father, we 
we take this piece of bread or this cracker or whatever it is that families have prepared at home, Lord, we take this little bit of remembrance and we're reminded of the pain that you endured on the cross. God, we're also reminded of the pain that your Father endured seeing you on the cross. And we just say simply thank you. Thank you for stepping in and paying the debt of sin that we owed. Thank you for stepping in and and paying our bill of sin. And so we take this little piece of cracker or this little piece of bread and we break it and we eat it and we do so in remembrance of you. Go ahead and take your cracker. And then grab your little cup of juice, your juice box, your, I think Jay mentioned Dr. Pepper last Sunday. This is a symbol. There's nothing magical or mystical about this juice, this wine, this Dr. Pepper, whatever. It's a symbol. It's a symbol of the blood that was poured out of Jesus' body. Scripture reminds us that at the end of his death, after he says it is finished, a a sword or a spear was was thrust into his side to make sure that he was dead. And when that happened, blood and water was poured out onto the earth. This is a symbol of the reminder that Jesus didn't partially die. He died. And he died for you and me. And as we receive this cup of juice or whatever it is that you have prepared for your family, could we receive this in remembrance of his blood, his blood that was poured out for us so that we could have life out of death? Will you pray with me? Father, this evening we receive this cup of juice in remembrance of the sacrifice that your son Jesus Christ made on the cross, that his blood that poured out onto the earth poured out life and hope and grace and forgiveness. That it was the blood that was spilled from his body that gives us the opportunity to to participate and to remember the sacrifice that was made. When Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, do this as often as you must. And so tonight, Father, we receive this little bit bit of juice in remembrance of your son Jesus Christ on the cross for us. Amen. Take your juice or your wine or your whatever you have prepared and will you receive it today? Well, after taking communion, I want you to listen to this next song. The title of the song is called Remembrance, and that is really what we're doing here is we're taking a moment out of the craziness of this world that we live in today, and we're remembering the sacrifice that was made for us so that our bill could be paid.
say goodbye the people will shout my name 
Pilate will tell them there's nothing I've done to deserve this, but they will refuse. Pilate will stand me beside Barabbas, a murderer, and they will choose him over me. Pilate will appeal to the priest, insist on simply whipping me to appease their fury, but they will shout it louder, crucify, crucify. But still, you need not say goodbye. My hands will be tied to a post. The sound of the whip will ring in your ears and in your chest. The soldiers will peel the skin off my back. A ring of thorny branches will be pressed into my scalp until the blood runs into my eyes. Oh, but listen. You need not say goodbye. I will carry that cross. I will go to the place of the skull, and there they will drive the iron stakes between the bones in my wrist with a hammer that will nail my feet into the tree. I will be raised up as the world waits for me to die. Nevertheless, you need not say goodbye. Between two thieves I will hang. You may hear me speaking to my father, your father. You may hear me ask him, why? But child, you need not say goodbye. What you won't see, what you won't hear, what you won't know until all of this is done is that in that moment, I was paying the penalty of your wrongdoing, every wrongdoing, every mistake, every act of envy, every word of hatred, every moment of violence and greed and spite, every selfish desire, every lustful thought, every moment of weakness and weariness, all the failures of human history will be in my hands and on my head. On that cross, I will suffer the wrath that was destined for you. Every guilty verdict fallen on me. Your punishment will be paid for in my blood and it will be enough. I will die on your cross. I will let out a final sigh. Know that I have loved you, and you need not say goodbye. But if you must, if you absolutely must say the word goodbye, then say it like this. Goodbye fear. Goodbye sorrow. Goodbye rejection. Goodbye shame. Say it like this. Goodbye guilt. Goodbye condemnation. Goodbye all the regrets of the past. Look up at the cross and speak the words. Goodbye addiction. Goodbye chains. Goodbye hopelessness. Right here in this place, say it aloud. Goodbye captivity. Hello freedom. Goodbye loneliness. Hello belonging. Goodbye defeat. Hello victory. This is the end of the curse. This is the demise of the serpent. This is all debts paid. This is, it is finished. 
Goodbye, all the powers of hell. Goodbye, darkness. Goodbye, dread. Goodbye, every sin. Go ahead and say it. Goodbye, death. Speak and be free, but don't say goodbye to me. Yes, you'll see them put the spear in my side, but remember, it's only Friday, so you need not say goodbye.